Welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor. Calming the Chaos provides self-help resources for people in crisis. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. Thanks for tuning in. And now, let the chaos begin. And what could be more chaotic than the emotion of love? And this is why I am devoting Calming the Chaos podcast February to the topic of love, romance, and relationships. So isn't this going to be fun? And when I think about love and relationships, I often think about the problems that occur because, of course, I'm a therapist, right? One of the main problems that happens in relationships and just can mess up all kinds of life domains, cause anxiety, depression, is jealousy. And so today we have with us Shannon Bryant, who is a relationship coach and an expert in jealousy. She actually talks about jealousy. She's been on a lot of podcasts. She's got a podcast of her own. And she I'm just so lucky to have her here with me today to kick off February and the love month, which should have a lot of surprises for you. So please continue to tune in uh, to my YouTube channel, especially because there's going to be some interesting videos. I'd just like to welcome Shannon Bryant to Coming the Chaos podcast. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for being on here. I appreciate you and your expertise. And uh, I know that you have uh, been around the block a time or two because I've seen some of your YouTube uh, videos, uh, interviews with other podcasters, and you've been absolutely fantastic. And it's just been a joy to listen to you. So it's going to be great to have our own little thing here uh, for February Love Month. So uh, let's hear a little bit about you, what you do, and get into the topic of jealousy. Yeah, what a juicy topic, huh? Especially for uh, when we talk about love, like you said, there are things that come along with love and relationships, and sometimes um, those aren't always pleasant things. So I am a relationship uh, jealousy expert, I guess you could say, and um, it was really one of the topics I kind of stumbled on I never thought I would be helping other people overcome jealousy. You know, you talk about chaos and a chaotic world. I grew up in a very chaotic environment. My father was an alcoholic. And at the age of 12, my parents divorced and he was still drinking. And I told him, you know, as long as you're drinking, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And he took that to heart. And I didn't speak to him again until I was 25 and then not again until just these last three years, which unfortunately were also the last three years of his life. So um, we were able to build a beautiful relationship at the end, but it certainly growing up in that type of environment and that type of chaos caused a lot of issues. A big one for me was jealousy in relationships. And so I spent decades either in a relationship that wasn't good for me, you know, staying too long in a relationship that wasn't good or um, ruining relationships with potentially fine people. And so I spent decades really suffering from that. And 
I started to talk and tell my story at an ACA group and I, and all of these hands went up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you're talking about this. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one that had those types of thoughts. And so I knew that that was something that I needed to talk about. And I started the podcast and here we are today and helping other people so that they don't spend decades going through this. Exactly. Wow. And how young were you when you broke ties with your dad? I was 12 and it's, yeah, I, you know, I didn't think of it at the time and certainly didn't know at the time what a statement that was or what a stance to take. I just knew that I didn't want to be around it anymore and it was scary to me and it was chaotic to me. And um, so, yeah, I I asked him, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with you as long as you're drinking. Um, I didn't know he'd take it to heart, which of course caused abandonment issues with me and the the big story that I've been running and telling myself the entire time was, well, if my own father doesn't love me, then why would anyone else? And so yeah. when you run with that kind of story in the background, certainly jealousy can be something that pops up. So insecurity of a 12-year-old, it kind of translated or transferred and continued into relationships that you had in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, what made you want to become a relationship coach was just that outstanding, just sort of uh, resounding, yes, yes, that's me. And they could totally relate to, to what you were saying. And I guess you wanted to just kind of take it further then and learn a little bit more about it? Yeah, I... I knew how hard it was for me and how long I had been working on it, you know, and there wasn't, there's not a lot out there. There are very few people that are talking about jealousy in relationships and being a jealous person. It's very embarrassing. People take it as shameful and, you know, we're not putting it on our dating apps, like I'm super jealous. I'm going to go through your phone. It's not stuff that we're really advertising, but they're real struggles. And so many more people struggle with it than you would know. So when I saw that response from people and realized how alone I felt and that there were all of these other people that felt like there was something wrong with them, they felt like they were crazy, they felt like you know they could never overcome this, I wanted to help in any way that I can because there's a lot of time wasted when your attention is focused on your partner 90% of the time. You feel like I can't focus and be with my kids. I can't focus at work because I have, you know, all of this running in the in the background. I'm constantly anxious. I feel stressed all the time. That's just not a, a healthy lifestyle to live. So um I thought, okay, if I have to be the one to tell the really embarrassing stories of things that we do when we're feeling jealous, I'll be the one. So that other people can feel like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm not, I'm not in this on my own. And I'd like to know what your definition of jealousy is, because as a therapist, mm. we think of jealousy as an emotion, but we also hear it used in a context where some people actually mean the word envy, and there's a, a subtle difference between the two. And I can explain it from a therapeutic stance, but I just want to know from a relationship coach and a jealousy expert, what do you say that jealousy is? Yeah. So I 
to me, I classify them two very different things. So envy is more about wanting something that someone else has. So maybe someone has a great car. Maybe they got that promotion that you wanted. Maybe you're envious of your neighbor's house because it's bigger than yours or brick and yours isn't, whatever those things are, but it's wanting something that somebody else has. Jealousy is the fear of something you have being taken from you. Um, and so that's how I differentiate the two. So we're definitely talking about the jealousy part where that fear sets in, you have anxiety about what your partner's doing. Are they going to cheat on you? Are they going to leave you? Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's the jealousy piece that I focus on. Yes. And that's where it comes into play with relationships. Those are exactly the same definitions. Thank you so much for not having me say that because you said it perfectly, (laughs) exactly the way I would say it. So yeah, in relationships, I'm in a relationship say, and so I have something which is a partner or boyfriend, friend or whatever. And I'm afraid that by some chance, they'll leave me, something will take them away from me, they'll decide they don't want me. There's this sort of Um, insecurity then about the relationship then if there's jealousy involved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That insecurity is going to come in in all different, um, all different ways. Sometimes, you know, there are some underlying um, ways that this shows up, I guess you could say there's sort of three really that I talk about quite a bit, projection, protection, and competition is where I see this jealousy show up. So that you know, that projection part, a lot of times what I ask my clients is that are really worried that their partner is going to cheat on them or they're going to leave them. It's a question back and an honest question of, have you cheated in the past? Is this Mm -hmm. something, are you too flirty at work? You know, if you're worried about their coworker or something going on, and it's not always the case, but it could be there. And so if they're doing those things, they're projecting that onto their partner. Um, Or it could be that they were in a past relationship where they were cheated on or a series of relationships where they were cheated on. And now they're projecting that and being fearful in their current relationship. So that's projection. And then, of course, protection. Um, If we are cheated on or something happens or someone leaves us that we were really in love with. Um, that's hard. It's hard to do. And we don't like the feeling. We don't want that feeling. And so it may be one of those where it really clicks in your head, like I'm going to do whatever I have to do to protect myself moving forward. So those are the two main ones. Yeah. And and that could go to extreme measures, right? Like checking somebody's email, they're fa- having their Facebook password, checking their phones. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can do because I don't want that to happen again. It hurt really bad. And I want to protect myself in the Absolutely. future. Yeah. And what was, what was the third one? The third one is competition. I don't see this a whole lot with my clients, but I do see sometimes There's a little bit of competition maybe with friends. So they might be insecure and jealous in their romantic relationship. But then they also, if there's a friend group and two of them are hanging out together and maybe that person isn't invited to go or they are just couldn't go, 
they get some jealousy about that relationship and worry that they're going to bond more of a relationship. Or sometimes people will feel like if I don't go and hang out, they're not going to invite me anymore. They're not going to like me anymore, or they're going to build more of a relationship. So that's a little bit different, but it's still um, in that relationship realm, but I see it more on the romantic side. Yeah. So, so then let's talk about the romantic side and the type of people that you are able to coach through this stuff. And what is, if you could describe maybe a typical person who comes in with the most common problem and uh, let's uh, go through that a little bit and see how you could help that person if you would. Yeah. Well, so far I'm really seeing that people fall into two buckets. So one is either they grew up and with some type of dysfunction, you know, maybe they had a parent or both parents who weren't really functioning as proper parents to a child. Um, some type of, as I mentioned, chaotic environment that may be similar to mine. The other bucket is they feel like they had a really stable upbringing, but maybe they were in a relationship or series of relationships with infidelity. And so, you know, that that your brain is going to tag that experience and tag it as, oh, like I said, I don't want to feel this anymore. And so then you start to develop some really insecure habits to protect yourself from going through that again. That insecure habit loop is really where this is showing up in people's lives. So I always say, you know, jealousy isn't the problem. Jealousy isn't a problem. It is a solution. It's trying to solve something. And so what is that something that it's trying to solve? Um, in my case, for example, I kept telling myself my whole life, well, if my own father doesn't love me, who else would love me? I must not be worthy of love. If he can't stop drinking for me, then I must not be worth it. And I took that story and those thoughts and feelings into every relationship that I wasn't worthy. And um, so sometimes we have to dig in and figure out like, let's break this apart. He actually, he had a disease, he had a drinking problem. It had nothing to do with my worthiness whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's seeing the truth and not the uh, story that you tell yourself about the truth, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So I see, okay, let's, let's just present a hypothetical for you. So somebody is in a relationship, a romantic relationship for cases of this, we're going to uh, assume that it is a heterosexual relationship. Okay. And uh, the female partner is extremely a possessive and not wanting to let the male partner out of her sight because she is afraid they're not married. They're just like seeing each other, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. She does not want to have this person out of her sight. And uh, if uh, he is out of her sight, uh, she will follow him around or try and track him and to see what he's up to all the time. Like he gets no free time, no free space, right. no independence. Have you seen that quite a bit uh, in uh, the work that you do with couples or people? Yeah, I'm, we they definitely are afraid to let go. They're afraid to trust. I mean, that's the whole thing. We're, it's a fear of putting trust into someone else, believing someone else. It is this constant sort of mission to prove fidelity. And we can't prove fidelity. So when we get in those loops of, I'm looking at their phone, this is 
these are some big ones that I see in relationships. They're, they're looking through their phone. So they're reading their text messages. They're going through their emails. They're looking on social media to see who liked what post and who is this person. Um, even looking up their coworkers on LinkedIn, those types of things to see what they look like. So th- those are the norm for someone that I work with that has this extreme jealousy. And so we really start to work first on, you know, what they think, do, and say. So kind of going to those three things, because the first step really is you've got to get self-aware of what you're doing and getting someone, some people know it, some people need a little convincing or a little um, show that it probably has nothing to do with what their partner is doing. But we go into it thinking, well, if you hadn't looked at this person or if you hadn't done this thing, I wouldn't be feeling insecure mm-hmm. when really it's it's a you thing. And that's the first realization. Like you can take the partner completely out because here's the thing. No one knows if that person's going to cheat on you or not. We don't know. We don't know if they're going to leave that's not the real question. It's why are you so obsessed with being afraid of that? Like, why do you have this huge fear of that that's running your life? So that's the first place I would start with that couple. Right. Trying to pin down what is the fear, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I guess it's different for everybody in your experience uh, working in this area. Yeah. I mean, there can be a lot of different things. What I've seen most is is sort of the stories that they bring with them that then translates into these insecure habits. So for example, um, you know, I had one client who, you know, grew up a long time ago. The workforce was very different. You know, men and women were really getting used to working together. And in her experience, the men that she worked with when she was young, you know, they were slapping behinds and saying lewd comments to the females. And so she just took that with her and interpreted it as all men behave that way to women at work. So when her husband ran a big team, it was really hard for her to not think that he was operating and doing those things with his female coworkers. So, yeah, lots of different. So it's really the differences of the stories that create that. And so then we kind of take, okay, let's pull out that junk drawer, dump it out. Like, let's look at all of those thoughts that are going on and that are behind the scenes. And let's just see, does that still make sense? Is that still relevant today? How is that showing up and how is that leading your life right now that might not be worth it? Because a lot of times we don't do that inventory. You know, we just, we have these thoughts and these stories that we just hang on to forever. And we very rarely inventory that. Right. And, and get to the truth instead of the stories. Yeah. Okay. So let me paint, let, let me paint you another scenario. Okay. Uh, We're in a partnered relationship. Maybe we're married, maybe we're not, but we're partnered again, male and female. And there has been infidelity. Let's just say um, I'm uh, a man and uh, my female partner, uh, yeah, she cheated on me and I found out. And uh, so um, now I'm extra sensitive and looking at things that she is doing. And there actually has been a history of that. How do you work with a person who has actually been cheated on? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a hard thing to overcome. Again, you know, one of the first things is realizing that it's sort of the same where I was talking about my father, right? His alcoholism had nothing to do with my worth. That person having that affair, cheating on you, whatever they were doing, doesn't bring down your worth. It doesn't have anything to do with your worth. Um, and so, yes, an affair is difficult to to overcome. I had a really great um, um psychiatrist on my, or psychologist on my podcast named Dr. Ruth Ann Harper. And she talks about how in those types of scenarios, it's really important for the offender to really kind of go through in their mind and, and settle in on here is the full information story that I'm going to give to the other person. Um, and how that's important because if you're someone who's experienced that, if my spouse were to cheat on me and I get these tidbits here and there because I'm asking questions, asking questions, asking questions, and then I'm digging deeper, digging deeper, and they're giving me little tidbits or they're holding out tidbits for a while and then they tell me, it's just that repeat of going through that trauma each time. So for both of them, I would say to the person that was cheated on, you may think, I want to know every, like, I want to ask all a million questions, but in some ways, it's maybe best to give the partner time to, like, okay, let me kind of get up the courage to tell you the important parts of what needs to be, you know, told. The other part for the person who was cheated on is there is some stuff that you think you want to know, but you probably really don't want to know. You know, is their name important? Are there things that are just always going to be that constant reminder for you later on that are just going to re-trigger that for you? So it's really walking that fine balance of like, what information do you need to know? And then what is too much? And you probably have way more experience in that situation, you know, in those experiences than I do. But that's sort of, that's my thought process on that. Right. And I appreciate that for sure. And yeah, well, I'm pretty much right on track with you. So um, we're jiving so far. (laughs) This is what I would be doing as well. And not like I'm uh, an expert on this, although it does present itself. Uh, Let's shift perspectives a little bit here. And I don't know if you actually work with the person who isn't the jealous person. We've been talking Mm -hmm. so far about the person who is the jealous person and is struggling with jealousy. But what about the person who, say in the first scenario, the male and the female, the the female is looking at him, tracking him and following him all around, looking at his phone, all this other stuff. And he's doing nothing. He's actually doing everything is innocent. And he is wondering what the heck is going on with this person and why is she uh, so all over my stuff when I'm not doing anything wrong at all? So do you ever work with the other partner? Yeah. So I haven't worked with them directly. I get asked this all the time. Will you please do stuff for the partner, my husband even, who unfortunately had to go through this with me? Um you know, says one day you're going to have to get to that point. But I I do have where I share with my clients to say, hey, as much as you don't want to hear this, this is something that you may want to talk to your partner about is when we're jealous, we're constantly looking for that reassurance from our partner. We get into this 
really bad insecure habit loop where we think, okay, I have that, I have this feeling and I'm feeling really insecure and I feel sick at my stomach and I feel anxious and I just need to look at their phone and, and make sure everything's okay. Or I just need them. I just need to ask them, do you find her attractive? And I need them to say, no, they don't to make me feel better. Right. I need that reassurance from them. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is when your partner gives you that on that every time ask, it keeps that person in the loop because now, okay, I feel better for a minute. And truly sometimes it's minutes, an hour, a day, but I am right back into wanting, needing to go through their phone again, needing mm-hmm. reassurance again from them. And so yes. I would say to that partner, as difficult as it is, um, you know, don't feel like you always have to give into that reassurance. There's a way you can be supportive in encouraging them to talk to somebody, encouraging them to get help and trying to be calm and not raise the level because usually they are very elevated, but you don't have to give in to that reassurance and it doesn't have to be okay that they're going through your phone. Yeah, because you're, yeah, you're reinforcing that behavior of continuously mm-hmm. asking for reassurance if you're giving the reassurance, right? So uh, yeah. like I say, do you love me? Yes. A minute later, do you love me? Do you like the way she looks? Yes. Yeah. No. You know, and so, yeah, that's a great tip for anybody who's out there who is on the receiving end yeah. uh, of, of a jealous partner. Uh, I want to ask you too, how do you distinguish between whether a jealousy level intensity is going to be manageable or toxic? Like if, if a person continues to be innocently going about their lives and a partner believes that they are indeed cheating on them, they, they've got this idea cemented in their head that won't leave and right. the partner is completely innocent. Uh, how do you distinguish between just, you know, manageable jealousy and when we, we really do have to, to, to mm-hmm. think about toxic jealousy? Yeah. Well, and I would say my relationship got to toxic. Um, should my husband have left? Probably. I mean, honestly, and I say that all the time. Should he have left? Probably. Thank goodness he didn't. Um, because he saw that I was start, you know, I was trying and I was working on it. And so um he was patient enough and 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 cared for me to wait through that. But it did get to a point where I mean, we couldn't go to dinner, we couldn't go to the movies, we couldn't go to events because I would have a meltdown. I would either have an explosion or a meltdown and it ruined our, you know, our time. It would ruin our dinner. We would have to leave the event. And he got to the point where he felt like he couldn't even look around because I would think, oh, he's looking in that direction. He must be looking at her. I knew he was going to look at her when he could have just been looking to see where the bathroom was. Or, you know, a, a picture on the wall. So when it does get to that toxic point, it it is hard. It's it's that, um, you know, for the person on the receiving end of it, you do have to decide, like, is the other person really trying to work on this? Are they taking steps to work on it? Or do they just keep blaming you? Um, because if there's no, if you're not seeing any change there or any attempt to change it, then yes, I would say, you know, you need to consider the relationship. The wild thing though, that I like for someone who is jealous and who is feeling this extreme jealousy, there's no one else that would wish more that they weren't like that 
than that person. Like they would do anything to change it. You know, they feel like, oh my gosh, just tell me what to do. How do I change this? I would do anything. And so even though their actions may come across as a very, you know, I could be very, very mean in those instances. And it's just not who I am naturally, you know, normally under normal circumstances. So really good people that are just really struggling. Exactly. And they do want the partner to believe that they are not doing anything wrong. And yet you can't, it's really difficult to try and change somebody's beliefs, but that's what we do in, in therapy. So a therapist would definitely be a recommendation for somebody or couples therapy. I would say in the second situation, I, I have that a lot when a, a couple actually has gone through infidelity and either one or both of them will come into in the, the office will unpack the parts of the story will help the person to understand uh, why it happened the context how it happened um, and then really gauge the the person who is the offending partner as you say their intentions going forward with that other person or with people in the future and boundaries uh, that a person wants to set that are fair to both parties. And that's what happens in, in, in the couples counseling realm for people who are on the, uh, they're jealous because their their partner actually has, has cheated on them. Right. And uh, it's fascinating to be able to go through and say, well, I don't know if this couple is gonna make it or not, or if they're gonna stay together or break up. But I do know this is that through the process, we're going to gain some clarity either way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I joke about this because my husband and I actually got kicked out of therapy. <laughs> so we, we did. We got asked kindly not to come that we had maxed out her expertise. <laughs> oh, in that way. yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, looking back, I joke about it, but looking back, it was a really great thing, you know, that she did. And because I was stuck in, and I think that's why therapists are so great, especially for couples, because you know, when you're doing it at home, it's like, I'm defending my stance and you're defending your stance. And so there's no, you know, with a therapist, there's a ways that um, they could work their magic to pull different things out of each side. And I was stuck in the, I'm not changing my mind, just, you know, this is how I feel. And I know what I saw. And, you know, that, that sort of thing where I was just kind of staying in this loop and it's like, okay, well, you know, unless you're willing to, to make, to take some action here, we can't go further. Yeah, it's a when you said kick me out, you know, there I, I hear that all the time. Like, yeah, our, our therapist said uh, kick me out, but then you said and you qualified it by, I don't have the expertise to uh, cope with the struggles that you two are are coping with, and uh, hopefully they gave you another name. If they didn't, uh, then I hopefully you found some some way out. It sounds like you're still uh, with your husband, so that's good. You did find a way out. And so yeah. I'm, I'm really happy about that. So uh, <laughs> let me just go ahead and show you some of the things, uh, some of the, the great things uh, that Shannon's doing here and in the world, right? So we're going to go ahead and put your website, which is not top shelf. It is topself.com. Yeah. And that is uh, Shannon's website. Let's go ahead and uh, share the screen here and take a little trip over to your website if we can and see oh, what you are doing. So here is the front page of the website. And uh, so Shannon, tell us a little bit about your good stuff and what you do. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So I offer one-on-one coaching. I also have a group coaching program that I just love. I think it's phenomenal. And the people that go through it just love the group setting because they feel like, oh, I finally have other people that I can talk to. I keep the group small. Um, it's called Trust Building Boot Camp. And um, so we have another one coming up in February. And so, um, but that's a really great because people make connections. It's so funny because the first like week or two, and you probably experienced this even in therapy, but the first week or two, they're really reluctant to share and to talk. But then by week three, they're really opening up and they don't want the the program to end. So um, those are a few things that I have happening. There's some, I've got the podcast, of course, that's also called Top Self. And so people can get um, information on the podcast. I have a lot of great guests on the podcast. I do solo episodes as well. Um, there's some free PDFs on my website, the five must-haves to overcome jealousy, some characteristics of a healthy relationship. So just some other things that um, you can grab from, from my website as well. Yeah, I think one of the really cool things I, I appreciated is that you have everything on your website and everything's on there. So all you have to do really is go to that link that's on there, uh, topself.com, and you'll yeah. see that you've got some free stuff. And it looks like you've also got this Facebook group. Um, let me see if I can mm. switch here. Um, you mentioned your podcast. Let's see if it'll actually yeah. switch the, sc- the screen here. Looks like it did. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I love that. And um, so you can, from her website, you can actually view all of her podcast episodes. So there's not a separate podcasting uh, website there. It tells about it. And um, mm-hmm. there is about your host. And this is a cool thing that I saw. I thought it was really super neat. And I wonder uh, how you thought of this, but uh, be part of the show. And you can actually um, tell about your favorite episode, record a message uh, for Shannon. What made you think of that? That is just super cool. No, I I actually learned that from another podcast. So it was a a podcast to help podcasters. (laughs) And it was like, Hey, do this because people, you know, people love to do that. And so they can go on and literally just click the button on my website and they can just leave a short message about one of their favorite episodes or a part of the episode that they really liked or that really hit home with them. Um, And then I can include that in the show. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is wonderful. I love that. And and then you have, I don't know if it is on your homepage or if it's in your coaching page, but uh, you have this great Facebook page that is called the Jealousy Junkie. <laughs> yes. So um, the Facebook group, it's a private Facebook group that um, you can you know sign up to join. It's called Jealousy Junkies. And the reason that I named it that, it was actually the original name of my podcast, but I switched it so that I could kind of expand out a little bit more in the podcast. But the the Facebook group called Jealousy Junkies, I call it that because, you know, we were talking about this cycle, this insecure habit loop that you get into. And it is very similar to someone who has any type of an addiction, or a lot of times I compare it to a chocolate cupcake of like, you know... I need this. I have this craving so bad. I have this itch so bad that I want to look at their phone. I want to look them up. I want to make this snarky comment to them so that they know, you know, 
I'm on to you, whatever that thing <laughs> is. But it's that same feeling or that urge that you get when, you know, for someone who, um, you know, has the sugar addiction and really wants the cupcake or the alcohol or what or the drug, whatever that is, and then you get it and then it soothes you for a minute and then you go into feeling bad, right? I feel bad that I looked at their phone. I feel bad that we got into an argument. I feel bad that I made that comment because now we're arguing. It's the same thing. So now I feel bad, but then guess what? Pretty soon I'm getting that urge again. And so that's why I called it that because it's very similar. An addiction, right? An addiction. Yeah. Yeah, So all you have to really do is go, if you don't want to copy that big old long link, all you have to do is go on Facebook and type in a jealousy junkie and you'll find uh, Shannon's group there if you're interested uh, to join it. Uh, Shannon is also on Instagram at a top self coach. So go ahead and find her on Instagram as well. And then, as I said before, if you go onto YouTube and type in Shannon's name, you'll find that she has done a lot of video podcasts with a lot of other uh, podcasters that have been absolutely uh, amazing. And um, so I'm just going to go ahead and share the last screen that I wanted to share is the uh, coaching part of your uh, website, which I kind of thumbed through before, but I wanted you to tell us a little bit about what do people want to do if they want to, to get into coaching with you? Mm-hmm. So I do offer anyone a free discovery call. Um, and so maybe I can send you that link and um, maybe you can put that in there as well. But um, or you just go on the website, you'll be able to get connect with me that way. But in the discovery call, we just kind of talk about what's going on. Why are you reaching out now? We kind of do an assessment on not just where are you in your relationship, but other um, parts of your life. And we'll talk through that and then decide really what the best track for you. Is it one-on-one coaching? Some people prefer that because they don't want other people, you know, um, hearing their relationship issues. Or do you want coaching, uh, group coaching, and want to be with other people and be able to have that support? Um, Mm -hmm. And so we talk through different ways that I can support them. So on my website, you'll see a link to book your free call. And um I usually give you some some takeaways on that call to start working on that self discovery or self um, uh, so, sort of self assessment of things that you're doing. Yeah, it's right under the two icons for the group coaching and the one on one coaching, and then so it's right underneath there. Book your free call today. <laughs> I love that little uh, that button. It says "I'm miserable." Book now. <laughs> it is free. Love it. Just go ahead and click on that link, and then then there's that free resource uh, along. I think with the homepage, it also has some resources. Um, the five must haves to overcome a jealousy that uh, Shannon has uh, to offer us. So. Uh, in parting, are there any other tips, tools, or techniques that you'd like to share with our audience about jealousy, overcoming jealousy, just anything that maybe you haven't already mentioned in the podcast? Yeah. It's been a delight to have you here. It's been so fun. Thank you so much. No, I just would, you know, want to say, don't give up. As a lot of times I think, you know, we go, oh, I'm doing really well for a few days. And then you have a slide back and you start um, feeling really bad. And so, what I share a lot of times with my one-on-one clients is, is you know, there's there's the trigger that happened, whatever it was that made you upset, the trigger that happened, and then a gap, and then your response. And so what we want to do is 
lengthen the gap between the trigger and the response to give you time to kind of cool down, calm down. We talk about self-regulation recipes for that. And then it, and then shorten the time of repair between you and your partner. So, okay, you had the blow up, but let's not be miserable about it for two days. Maybe they're not talking to you. That's okay. Let's shorten that repair though. That shorten that repair time. So lengthen the gap between trigger and response and shorten the the repair time. But just know you're not alone. You're not by yourself. Um, there are many others that are experiencing this. And so um, there are ways to, to make it better. Exactly. And if you want the support of a community in a Facebook group, then you, you, you got one there and you just have yeah. to look up Jealousy Junkie and <laughs> check out, uh, yeah, check out the podcast, check out the website, uh, topself.com. Uh, and um, uh, this has been great. Uh, Shannon Bryant, here you are. And thank you so much for being on Calming the Chaos podcast today. I appreciated you and all of the words of wisdom that you have for my audience. I'm sure that people will appreciate that. Uh, thanks so much, Tracy. I loved being here. All right. You take care. Thanks. You too. Thanks for listening to Calming the Chaos podcast. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can also go to www.calmingthechaospodcast.com to listen to all Calming the Chaos podcast episodes. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care. Howl at the moon or something like that.